This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Thanks for listening to the Reds Report. This podcast is sponsored by Webmart. If you want to get more out of your marketing, drive out costs, and find out which channels are best for you and your company, then visit our website, webmartuk.com, or just search Webmart Barnsley. Innovate. Create. Communicate. This is for the fans. The vibe. As well as strong. And use my head. A tethered mind freed from the lies. Now kneel down, wait for now. Kneel down, know my ground. 
This is for the fans. The Vibe. You're listening to The Vibe. This is The Vets Report. It is 14 minutes after five. We're talking to Andy and Kyle. I talk to myself as well a bit, Kyle, of watering on The Vets Report. Um, we sort of looked at Charlton. Um, interesting stat you just told us while the music was playing mm. when uh, we were talking about, you know, the, the number of points we've got so far in season. We're on four points. We've played four, so we average a point a match. What's the best we've ever had then in, in this tier? Because people are in meltdown and Stendhal needs to go. We shouldn't have sold more and, you know, we still did Adam Davies back and everything's gone wrong because of a poor result what was a poor result at Birmingham what is the best we've ever had sort of this stage of the season well so the best we've ever had if you go back the entire history of the club is 12 points 4 wins because obviously we did that in 96-97 when we went 5 wins out of 5 but post 96-97 in the second tier the best return from 4 games we've ever had is just 7 points so. we did that twice 2006 and 2010 we're not far off are we just 3 points just a win mm. I suppose the problem becomes on Kyle that it's a Tuesday night. Now we just said we don't move very well Tuesday night. And the last time we won on a Tuesday night in the league? Well, in the second tier, uh, we've looked that one up, and that was Halloween 2017, Burton Albion away 4 2, and the screamer from, was it Joe Williams? Joe Williams. Yeah. Talk about Halloween. Um, if you're listening to the podcast and you wonder where we've been for the last 10 minutes, we've got problems with the USB stick, but I'll explain that later. Um, Tuesday night, we're going to Birmingham, St Andrews, and, and again, I suppose there was that whole thing of you know uh, Mark Roberts because he finds himself back in the starting uh, lineup at Birmingham, an ex red. It's a Tuesday night. A lot of people sort of fancied Birmingham as, as one of those teams that we could compete with. Um, I'll just read you some stats. These are Sky Sports stats, so I think that's reliable. Um, let's have a look. So, possession, Barnsley, 63.7. Uh, number of shots, six. On target, one. Off target, two. And blocked, three. The passing percentage, 76.6%. However, key passes, just two. I repeat what I said before. That sounds very much like Wednesday away, Kyle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at opposed to what Birmingham had, they had 12 key passes. That, that's just, it just proves how, how much more advanced Birmingham were Although it was equal up until Jukovic scored in the 69th minute, we didn't really create much. We we did play a lot in our own half and we didn't get forward as much. And when we did, it would be pumped long towards Connor Chaplin, who was about two feet tall. So, <laughs> like we said, we, we were lacking that instinctive key pass that's going to open a defence up. We've not seen that so far this season. I am, and we are, as a programme, not in the habit of witch hunting. We don't. Andy, you've got some individual stats from that match, some player stats. Can, can yeah. we just go through those? Because on, on social media, people seem to firmly point the finger at one or two individual players, which I'm not going to repeat. Your stats actually say that we, we seem to have lost it in other areas of, of, of that match. Yeah, so, I mean, the aerial success rate throughout each team is pretty consistent with the individual uh, aerial success rate of, of the players that we're looking at. So, Mark Roberts, Lukas Jukovic, uh, 7 out of 10, you know, aerial duels winners. Uh, whereas Mads Anderson and Babo Diaby, uh, two out of nine, one out of four. So we're looking at winning about a quarter of the aerial duels, whereas Birmingham, 75%. Was there, Kyle, you were there, was there a little bit of a mi- uh, mismatch? So the lineups, when I, I watched, I, pay, I paid for the stream, I, I follow and I, and I watched it, and it looked like they started with, uh, you know, five at the back, Mark Roberts being the central one, and well, it looks very much that he, he was marking Conor Chaplin. 
that's a little bit like me marking my nine-year-old at a match. Because, you know, Chaplin's not the, the biggest one. I suppose that's where that percentage comes from, doesn't it? Because any high ball was never going to be Connor Chaplin's, even if you put two on top of each other. No, definitely not. And like we said, a ball into the box, Mark Roberts doesn't even need to doesn't even need to jump all he has to do is just get his head on it against Conor Chaplin it's nothing against Conor Chaplin what can he do if Mark Roberts is marking him you know he's not the tallest of lads Mark Roberts I think he had a blinding game I think he played a really good good game not had much to do as we've seen but he, he was very much a threat especially from the long throw-ins that, um, that came into the box I think they were more dangerous than some at corners that had come in so what can you do? Interesting about what you said, Andy, because if Jutkovic has got such a success rate in, 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 in aerial duels, um, coming up against the Matt Anderson of the Abbey, that's why they brought him to the club. They're both six foot five, six foot six, but they, what we're saying, they were firmly outdone then. In, if it was that sort of route of football, if it was a high ball into the box, Jutkovic came off as the winner, supposedly. Yeah, you look at those stats and it tells a story, doesn't it? He's, he's bullied them. He's bullied both of them. But he's an experienced, wily championship striker and he always seems to come up trumps against us. And yeah, he is one of those players that whoever he plays for, he, he tends to score against us. I remember years ago, was it Nathan Blake, I think it was. Whoever whoever he played for, he always scored against us. If he came to Doncaster Bells in a training match, he'd get an hat-trick. <laughs> Jutkovic very much the same. And that's the interesting point then, isn't it? Because we've heard Daniel Stendhal say that he wanted experience. Um, what is experience? Is it experience in age, life experience, experience as a footballer? Is it EFL experience or the number of matches? Because here you've got a 30, I think it's I believe 30 years old, Jutkovic, um, you know, Fletcher for Chef Wednesday, 34 year old, showing our defence, you know, a, a lesson or two. So it shows, and I suppose, um, Kyle, that age is not always, um, you know, an hindrance when it, when it comes to scoring a football, because both Jutkovic and Fletcher, you know, they're almost vets, aren't they? But they showed us how it needs to be done. Yeah, definitely. Like we said, that age experience and the, the leagues that they've played, and he's obviously got that experience over his career. Um like you said, we've got a young group of players. There's two different types. Is it age experience? Is it is it EFL experience? I think they've got both both combined, both Jukovic and Fletcher. Fletcher played in top flight with Sunderland. Jukovic, I think, has played for Burnley as well. So, like you said, they've got overall experience in their career and in their, their age. Um, I think we're very much focused on the sort of experience in the leagues in which they've played. I mean, Conor Chaplin still only 20 years old, but he's, he's had a full season at Coventry. He's been with Portsmouth. So I think we're just I think we're focusing on the the young side of of things. But how many league games they've played? I suppose what did tell the story is Conor. Um, sorry, Coley Woodrow didn't start. Um, Andy uh, against Birmingham uh, news that it, it was an injury that he sustained um, in, in, in training if you look with the news today that George Miller has joined Scunthorpe on loan for the rest of the season uh, just off the who, who can fill that void let's say that Coley Woodrow is not fit to play um, against Luton on Saturday we know Conor Chaplin can play football but it seems far more effective from the wide cutting in and, and providing with no longer having a key for more is Schmidt the answer are we turning to the Austrian to answer the players or we might have to through, by default really I mean what have we seen we've seen 15 minutes of him so far and I think he might have had two or three touches so he's a bit of an unknown quantity for, for Barnsley fans at the minute but with the, uh, the, the squad so depleted in, in terms of attacking options at the minute 
and you might have to look to Schmidt unless the club have got something up the sleeve we don't know could play Harm up front again I mean they've tried against Birmingham and what about the the stats the Wendy I mean that's what you've got where we look at all the goals we've conceded so far this season a lot or a large percentage seem to be from our own mistakes a ball short a ball misplaced um as a fan now from from what you've seen at Oakwell and maybe any way matches that you've seen are you worried at all about you know this is going to be a one season London in the championship or do you feel that we we'll probably will have enough to, to survive and then build on from there from, from what I've seen so far from, from the four games I think there's plenty of potential and they're still learning they're still learning how to play together they're learning the championship most of them are learning the championship so yeah from what I've seen I don't think we've got anything to worry about there are going to be odd mistakes but I think it's worth persevering with the philosophy that we've got of playing it out from the back when we can um, I just think that there's going to be the odd mistake it's, it's about learning when to carry on playing out from the back and when it's time to just launch it yeah. that's it I remember um, two seasons ago and I can't remember who it was um, Jose Marash was the manager we played at home and one person on the wing I can't remember who was played a poor ball and I think it was Sunderland that scored I can't remember and he took that person off at half time so if you're going to substitute or really take drastic action every time somebody make a mistake they're never going to be able to, to you know to, to be any better or show that they can be better um, Kyle worthwhile saying as well that of the four teams we've played these are all in the top eight these are in the top 30% of the division as it stands and whether you like it or not yeah. At Sheffield Wednesday, you expect to be sort of top six, and they probably expect that as well. Fulham with the amount of sorry, Fulham with the investment that they've made, although coming down and retaining players and getting like a knock knock out in, you'd have to tip them for sort of like you know, well top three maybe. Charlton have made a fantastic start to the season; they've not lost yet, so they're up there. And Birmingham are eighth, so we need to put it in proportions as well. That okay, we've lost against Wednesday, um, and, and you know it wasn't pretty. We lost against Birmingham, both two 0 but they are both away, um, and they are both sort of top eight. So it's easy to suddenly start saying he shouldn't be playing, and that's wrong. But actually, we've played some sides that have just settled better than us. Um, some sides that have been in this division longer than than what we have. So not, not, we're, not, we're not starting to feel. We're not wearing black armbands when we go and beat Luton on Saturday, are we? No, definitely. I'm not. No, definitely not. Like we said, experienced sides that are um, top eight at Championship as it stands. Charlton have made a fantastic start after being being promoted. Like we said, we just we just need to stop panicking. I think we've seen, like you said, there's, there's definitely a great you know opportunity. We've seen how good they can be, and it's just whether they they're going to show it again, which we probably will see this season. Stop on it, but I have no fear. Cause London. 
This is the Reds Report with Andy, Kyle and Carlo now discussing the Basel B team that we're facing on Saturday. Uh, they start of the season, uh, it was the first match, wasn't it, on the Friday with a incredible 3-3 draw against Mudra in which we all thought, ooh, you know, they're keeping that unbeaten home record going. Um, they then um, lost away to Cardiff, 2-1. In the EFL Cup, they won 3-1 against Ipswich Town. And then last week, 17th of August, they lost that unbeaten home record when they lost 2-1 at home to West Bromwich. And... Um, uh, midweek, they uh, they lost to our neighbours at Hillsborough one nil. So my first question, which nobody can probably answer, but if you were a Luton Town manager and you played Sheffield Wednesday on the Tuesday and you drew at Oakwell on the Saturday, do you go back to Luton or do you actually stay up here? Because the travelling, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a way. And nobody will be able to answer that. Um, the reason we call them Barnsley B team, Gwen and Kyle, we, they can almost name a side just ex Barnsley players, can't they? Yeah, they're three off. So there's Elliot Lee, Ryan Tunnicliffe, who, who played three games for us in 2013. It all, it all counts. Once a red, always a red. <laughs> George Monker, Martin Craney, Matty Pearson, Jacob Butterfield, Luke Berry, and James Brees. So the three players off naming a full side. It's not bad, is it? <laughs> it used to be buried, didn't it? When our players went, they went to bury Rochdale and they couldn't name yeah. it. Um, Tifu. Let's, let's, let's talk then. First of all, um, you mentioned earlier on, Andy, um, we said that at League One you get a lot of chances and that really, really reduces when you're playing the championship. You mentioned a stat earlier on about, um, was it, what was it, attacking... The shots on target. Sorry, shots on target, yeah. Just yeah. From, la- from last season to where we are this season, what's that like? Obviously last season, playing in the league lower, um, you're going to get more chances, but we were creating sort of 5.6 shots on target per game last season whereas this season so far it is only a small sample just four games but so far just 2.8 per game only one shot on target on Tuesday night against Birmingham as well so we've really got to do something about that I think if we're going to start scoring goals especially away from home it paints a picture doesn't it Andy that we talk about all this possession we talk about all these passes and we talk about almost two shots on goal per batch the only thing I can deduct from the and I'm not very analytical, is that a lot of these passes must be in the middle third and in our own defensive area where we play the ball about, but we don't seem to be able to sort of penetrate the opposition area to create any danger. Yeah. Is that a surprise, given the number of midfielders that we've bought and these wingers that we've brought in to play out and out? You know, the Barnsley brand, the DNA is attacking football with proper wingers, bobbing down the wing, putting balls in. 
not really happening so far, is it? No, it, it kind of is a surprise when you look at the creativity of the midfielders that we brought in, but then you look at we're only playing Woodrow up top on his own. On Tuesday night he didn't even play, and he's the he's the one fox in the box, isn't he, from last season that we've got left that you would say you put a ball in the box and he'll get on the end of it. So, kind of isn't isn't a, a surprise really. You know, you've got these creative players, but no one to get on the end of the chances that the or the passes that they're putting in the box. Hmm. Obviously, Daniel Standall, Kyle, is, is swapping and changing and probably still finding his best 11 and, and hampered by injury. So, Muller didn't feature against um, Charlton, but he did feature against Birmingham, but then Coley Woodrow didn't. All the goals we scored, am I thinking right? We've got different goal scorers altogether. I mean, every match that we've scored in the league, it's been a different one. So, we've had Thomas score against uh, Derby. Derby. Came from Derby. Fulham. Fulham. Uh, we've had Colin Chaplin score, and we've had Woodrow score. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's the three goals. Because away, we've not we've not had one yet, have we? No. You need to stop going to away matches. Oh, I know. I, I love away games when we score. No, it's a different sort of buzz. Well, let's ask Andy. What is it with Tuesday night's matches for Barnsley? Because I, I we've just spoke while the music was playing. Obviously, yeah. while Carl was singing along to James Arthur, <laughs> I don't understand. What I, when people say this is our bogey team, or you know, I don't get it because well, I get it because the stats say Coventry away, for instance, is always being a really bad. And I don't, I don't understand why. Because unless the pitch is really big, wide, high on the hill, it's different teams, different managers, different players. But Tuesday night football at Oakwell is just not the best time to play is it for us it's not been great recently no so we, we spoke earlier about the last uh, time we won on a Tuesday um, in the championship now if you're looking for the last time we won on a Tuesday at all there is one last season but only one and it was Rochdale in August 4-0 the rest of the Tuesday night games we played in the league, so we're not talking about the Football League trophy. Uh, we either drew or lost. Shocking, that isn't it? Yeah. We're lucky that we've substituted Tuesday for Wednesday this year because we've got a few Wednesday matches, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not against Wednesday, but play on a Wednesday. What, I know, what, what is it about me? Is it because it's so short after the Saturday? Is it the recovery time because of that? But you can't even play the high tempo we're playing because that's Standall who's only been in post just over a year. So, what is it about Tuesday night? Is that a, a playing thing is it well I don't know tell me because whether it's home or away we seem to be struggling on a Tuesday I don't know I don't know I really can't put my finger on it it's just like a normal match day like you said it's a few days after Saturday that's probably the only thing you could put your finger on what else could it be it's just a normal match day floodlights are too bright yeah <laughs> that'll be something um, Luton Andy uh, unbeaten record same as us last season we, we broke a few sort of unofficial records last season one of them was that we were the first side to stop them scoring at their own ground when we drew 0-0 later on in the um, later on in the season uh, they went up as champions and, and probably deservedly so uh, stumbled a little bit at hand and not allowed um, um, Barnsley and, and Luton both to be to be promoted are you surprised that they seem to be you know, stumbling if you look at the opposition that they've played so they've played um, Chef Wednesday away well we know what that's like uh, they've played West Bromwich at home and lost and they've played away at Cardiff and at home to Middlesbrough besides the draw that's at Middlesbrough that's the first game day of the season they failed to pick up any points whatsoever is that winning would you think no, I'm not surprised at all, really. I mean, we're, we're sort of three points in front of them, aren't we? So we're both 
juggling. The, the surprise for me from the three teams that have come up has got to be Charlton, not Luton whatsoever. No. So you look at the teams that they play. West Brom, they're going to be up there again at the end of the season. Sheffield Wednesday, we know, like you said, we know what it's like to go to to Sheffield Wednesday away. We've not won there for what is it, ten years now. So yeah, you, you come up from from League One. It is a, a much higher high level in the Championship. So you're just going to take time to get used to it. And this match on Saturday, therefore, is already looking like a must-win for both of us. It is, isn't it? And I suppose the danger for us is they've played us twice before, obviously home in a way, so they know what we're about and probably are in a, in, in a better frame of mind or they have the experience of how you're able to stop us. I mean, I remember the, when we played Luton at home last year, that was the first televised Sky match, I think, of the season when, when we played them and we won 3-2. Um, and then obviously nil-nil at theirs. With the people they've got, so let's go through the Barnsley list, Kyle. Um, obviously, they'll not all be featuring. Um, just start at the top and let's see who could cause us sort of any danger out of the X-Reds that, that, that might feature against us. Who's the first one? Elliot Lee. Weird, isn't it? Because Elliot Lee came, never really got a chance, got running, and, and so, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be a worry. I, mean, I, like, I like the lad, nice car. But yeah. no. Okay, who's next? Uh, Ryan Tunnicliffe. Well, once I had always the Reds, but after, was it two matches for the Reds? Three, I think. Three, yeah, with no goals. Yeah. Okay, next. George Monker. Nah. This was the interesting one of the transfer period last season, wasn't it? We knew George wanted to move. Um, look, again, social media, people say, why would you let him go to a, a promotion rival? I suppose if a player doesn't want to play for you, and, and, and you don't feel like you need him. I mean, I know the, the, the stance at Barnsley is if you're in the last year of your contract and you don't want to sign a new contract, and if there is interest, we'll let you go. Um, am I right in saying that initially when he went to Luton, he scored goals, but then he went off the boil a little bit, didn't he? He wasn't as productive as maybe as, he, as, 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 as Luton might have hoped that he would have been. No, yeah, I think we've seen that, and I think we saw that at Oakwell. At times, he could bring flashes of brilliance, then he'd just go quiet. But he's a very technically gifted player. He's a really good player when he wants to be. And um, at any point, he could he could switch it on, and he's, he's one of them players that, you know, he likes to, to, to dribble past you, and he likes to go forward more advanced, so... I think he could he could cause problems. I don't know if he's been starting for him. I don't think he has. I think he's been on bench no, quite a bit. Has. So I don't think though, Andy, that we're talking about. We haven't got many key passes. You know, we're not really creating anything. You can't, but. He was the player that made that happen for us last season, wasn't he? He got the ball, he went past three people and played somebody in and we scored. Yeah, that's right. I mean, people talk, talked about George, George Monker not really getting a fair crack of the whip last season, but I got stats on him and at one time he was the uh, the player who'd featured in the most consecutive games in the season. You know, albeit some of them from the bench, most of them from the bench. Um, but yeah, it, it, when he went, people were worried that was it a good move to sell him to promotion rivals? Is he going, is he going to be the one that stops us from, from yeah, going up? Yeah. It hasn't happened like that. We've both gone up. But now we're worrying about him playing against us in the championship. And is he, is he going to be the one that comes on last 20 minutes or so, dribbles past four players and tucks in a winner for Luton? Yeah. And I suppose what Moncur did for us, and, and, and well, not against us, but for Luton towards the end of last season, was what we're hoping for a Mowat and McGeehan to do for us, which is to get it from midfield and move forward and play people in space. Who's the next one there, Kyle? Martin. Craney. See, Martin Craney, I remember obviously when he was captain and he went to Huddersfield for a bit, Sheffield United last season, I believe, and, and he's now gone to Luton. And he's like, he's just reliable, isn't he? Wherever you put him. And, and, and we talk about how the brand that Barnsley has is he's under 24s and blah, blah, blah. We're not 
but somebody like a Martin Crane, just to settle things down and to use that little bit of pedigree he's got, that sometimes, is that sometimes what you feel we're missing, Kyle? Yeah, definitely. I think it comes down to, again, he's got experience both age-wise and, and league-wise. He played a massive part in Sheffield United getting promoted last season. He more than played his part. Um, his Sheffield United have let him go, and I think you know he could be he could be the one that steadies that back four. He's got that experience, got a cool head, and you need that at times. You need it just to settle down, settle the game down, and try and swing it back in, in your favour so yeah I think I think he's that sort of player Andy have you been surprised um, Barr has been named I suppose captain so far mm-hmm. he's been substituted twice which is a rare thing to happen really as a captain do you think that maybe Daniel Standle is putting a different emphasis on the word captain and it's sort of like a, something fluid that can be passed on between because it, it, it's very rare isn't it I mean if you look at um, I mean I know you were a goalkeeper and Dave has been captain for us when you look at the time that Conor Horahan was captain for us, they never got substituted. Yeah. Is it a because maybe um, it, it, it don't put as much emphasis on it to Standle, or is it because he plays a unique part in, in in the way we play? And if we change formation slightly, it's normally that role that Barra plays that gets sacrificed. Because it's it's weird, isn't it, to take your captain off just, just like in the 60th minute? Yeah, I think he's looking for 11 leaders on the pitch, anyway, isn't he? So for for Mike Barra to to be the cap, name captain, I think it's it's obviously it's an honour for him and everything, but. You're really looking at 11 leaders rather than one person. Perhaps it's something to do with the language barrier. Stendhal's English is fantastic, but maybe he just wants that little bit of extra something where he can tell Mike Bearer what to what he wants people to do, and then Bearer can translate it on the pitch for him. Yeah, yeah. And he knows the style of play probably better than anyone else. Who's the next one? Matty Pearson. See, I remember Matty Pearson when he came. I never really featured that much for us, did he? And uh, clearly he wanted first-team football, and, and he went to Luck, and he went to Luton. He's established himself there, didn't he? I mean, he was regularly, he was captain as well, I believe, for some time uh, last season. Is that one for us that you think slips through the net? As in, that's a player that, if he would have stayed, would have probably found himself, you know, in, in the first 11 or at least the first 15 on the, on the, on the match day, because... He was a no-nonsense. We've always had, I feel, two central defenders. You've got one that's technically a big gifted to go past somebody and make something happen. And you've got the one that looks, if there's any danger, it's rolls out. So it's either west stand, east stand, or it's over at roof at north stand. And Matty Pierce was very much that type of defender. Matty Pierce wouldn't go past three people to play the ball out. He'd hoof it out so people could go back. Never really did anything wrong, but never really got a chance, did he, as a red? No, yeah, and I do, I do agree. I think he would have established himself with us. I mean, he's done really well at Luton to establish himself now as a championship player. Played a massive part in them winning the league last season. And, and what we've seen as well is he's also quite a threat going up for a corner. He's scored a few, few headed goals from corners and... I think that's sometimes what you need as well. You 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 back you back four sometimes going up if they've got a bit of height to try and get the get the red on it and uh, get a goal. I'd probably compare him to losing Adam Jackson. I also thought for Adam Jackson, he could be another one that slips through. I think he's also we've seen he's got potential, but he's just never really in favour at Oakwell. Um, who's next on the list? Because there's um, some interesting ones as well, isn't it? Jacob Butterfield. See. There's a player that's played at all various levels, you know, spells at derby, injuries. Uh, he was in a loan deal with Sam Winnall when he went to Chef Wednesday. Then he went back to Bradford. Big, you know, Jacob's coming home. Then he's left again now to play for Luton. Has Jacob Butterfield, because I believe there's a player in there and I, that I always have done. I remember Jacob Butterfield as a bull warrior, Barnsley, when, you know, um, same as Danny Rose. 
there's a, there's a player in there never seems to stay anywhere long enough to be able to, to get to, to show his best is this maybe the level where he, he will be able to do that yeah I think so I think Luton's a, a good fit for him I remember Jacob when I was first starting to watch Barnsley and he were, he were, at the time he was my favourite player I remember going to my first away game at Birmingham and he scored a screamer to put us 1-0 up he has, he's, he's got that quality I think we've seen that and I thought Bradford probably were a bit below his level last season and really struggling side that ended up going to League 2 I think he were a bit better than that which is weird isn't it because um the Barnsley striker that was on loan to Bradford from Middlesbrough, wasn't it? George Miller, and he, uh, today in the news he's been he's been sent out on loan to get first team football. He's been sent to Glanford Park and Scunthorpe. And um, we talked about attacking options earlier on about yeah. maybe pinning the hopes on a, a Patrick Smith because obviously Moore is gone um, now. Smith gone as well. Um, it's, it's, well, it's not worrying because I firmly believe the club know what they're doing. But there has to be a plan B, doesn't it? If Woodrow's injury or he gets injured, you know, we need some, we, we need more than just be able to rely on on Cole Woodrow for goals. Yeah, uh, Dale Tom's been a little bit coy in his press conference today about Coley Woodrow saying he's, he's touch and go. But I don't think they'd have let George Smith go if Coley Woodrow wasn't going to feature no. in some capacity on Saturday. Because as you say, we've already let Adeboyejo go and to yeah. let another striker out an outstriker go out of the club at this stage when you know we're not languishing at the bottom of the league but we're not pulling up any trees either would not be very wise so I think they've got something up the sleeve maybe it's just that Coley Woodrow is actually fit yeah well we hope so don't we who else have we got because they say we can almost feel the full 11 can't we uh, Luke Berry see Luke Berry I, I like Luke Berry Luke Berry did a, did a lot good things and he seemed a really decent human being you never heard anything you know on social media about him kept himself to himself wanted to move back towards Cambridge or whatever it was wasn't it when you know um, and then uh, now at Luton decent player wasn't he for us I thought you know yeah, not he's not not bad, but I don't think we've seen enough for him. I think he is another one that could have probably got better and better as time went on. Um, don't really remember much about him. I remember him scoring a few goals against Rochdale in a five 0 win. Uh, apart from that, not really. And then I think he moved back to Cambridge. I think it was only a year we were years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he he didn't settle uh, really good uh, the, uh, northern way of life. Andy, have you got anything on there? Uh, because I know you're looking. I don't think I don't think he was what we needed at the time. I think that was it. I mean, at Cambridge. Bridge, they talk about him like we talk about Neil Redfern and yeah. Ronnie Glavin. He was he's, a hero, wasn't he? Yeah, he's almost like a god. We never saw that when, when we had Luke Berry, but like I say, I don't think he was what we needed at the time, so it just wasn't a, a good fit. He's found a home again in Luton, and he seems to be doing well. Yeah, definitely. Anybody else? Last one, James Bree. See, I was surprised at that, because James Bree and Conor Horahan left, although I'm pronouncing the name wrong, because according to the commentary, it's Horahan. I've watched that interview. Yeah, yeah, I, I still can't say that. No, Arcona. We'll just call him Arcona because that's what we do. Um, they both left for Villa. Connor, after, you know, started making a name for himself, regular, and now in the Premier League, uh, you know, a regular starter. Absolutely fantastic and, and great that he, he came to St Andrews to do the commentary with Matt on, on Tuesday. James Bree had a lot, a lot of promise, and I thought when he went to Villa, you know, he, he's got a real chance here to, to, to fulfil his potential because with, with everything that Villa had, and, and, and it never really happened, did it? We, you know, he was definitely ready for for um, championship football. Yeah. 
and chances very very sparse for him and now being loaned out to Luton so obviously he won't be featuring in the, in, in the Premier League this season for Villa yeah he was he was farmed out to I think it was Ipswich wasn't it last season because uh, he found first team opportunities at Aston Villa hard to come by bear in mind though of course that Villa were on their way to, to promotion so you look at James Bree he's still quite young is he a, is he a promotion winning championship fullback yet probably not he's definitely got the potential though yeah Funny enough, that's to be the sort of player we tie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They, they might be. Uh, might be have you got any stats on previous meetings with uh, with Luton Town at all? I uh, have, yeah, definitely. So, uh, well, we've never had a second tier draw with Luton at Upwell. Okay, played so them sixteen times in the second tier, twelve wins and four defeats. So, seventy five percent wins so far. If there's anything to read into that, then it's it's obviously good. Yeah. Uh, the biggest win was six one for us, September nineteen fifty. And Cecil McCormack. Have you heard of him? No. The name, the yeah. name, not that I met him or I was there, because <laughs> I wasn't, but the, the name sounds familiar. And I don't know if that's all the story of you, because sometimes you put the stats up, don't you, through yeah. social media? Well, he scored five in that game. <sighs> Fantastic return. That's not bad. I believe it? five is the most for a Barnsley player in one game as well. So, Connor yeah. Chaplin knows what to do then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the biggest defeat came two years later, March 1963, 6-0 division we lost 5-4 we were 4-0 down after 19 minutes uh, John Bettany Martin Ferguson got 2 and George Kerr but it wasn't enough and that was the game in which uh, we played our first ever substitute Barry Murphy all time uh, most appearances for He's Barnsley about, yeah. was the first sub for Barnsley on 88 minutes he came on for George Kerr and one more uh, Luton was the opponent when we got our first ever sending off and that was John McCartney heard of that name? no Sounds like a cross between two Beatles. <laughs> no, he played for us. Uh, I think he was a fullback. He was definitely a defender, and he was sent off on 75 minutes in 1898. And this is what he was sent off for: questioning the referee's ruling. Oh wow! Well. So you can only imagine what choice <laughs> Victorian Barnsley phrase he must have uh, used to earn that sending off. What they are doing? <laughs> um. You, you go to matches, Andy. Obviously, you've got the stats as well. When you're looking forward to, like, let's say Saturday, Oakwell, three o'clock kickoff, uh, we we what they call we entertain Luton. Do you go with a good feeling if somebody says, "What do you reckon?" Or do do you underpin that by going to your laptop and looking at some of the stats? No, no, I, I don't let the stats do the talking. Really, it's just a, a point of interest for me. Uh, I like working with numbers, and I, I love Barnsley, so I just sort of married. It goes together really well, doesn't it? Because yeah. somebody said, "Ah, it, when you talk," we've said before, and, and when I say, I said it on the um, on the fan zone stage. When I say we're armchair supporters, don't mean we're armchair supporters. We sit at Oakwell, and you know, you go to every away game. But knowledge-wise about the game, we all think that we're Daniel Standles, and he should be going, and he should be playing wide, he should be picking him up. And I, you know, it don't work like that. And but it is interesting when we say on the radio, you know, chances are harder to come by. And it's nice actually that we know what we're saying because it's been underpinned that 
it's almost half the amount, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and um, we looked at key passes. You know, all this possession football that Daniel Stan likes, absolutely great. And it must be really frustrating for him because everything that worked so well last season is not working so well this season. Mm. And somebody said to me um, midweek, they rang me after Birmingham, match saying, we should stick to what we do best, which is we play it from the back. We do the pressing, we do that gig and press. But our plan B seems to be try plan A better. And, and we seem yeah. to be in a vicious little circle. If we could cut the mistakes out, I truly, truly, truly feel, I'll go first, I truly feel that we will be Luton 2 0, maybe even 3 0. I really think that with the way we've imposed ourselves and with a little confidence, because when, when you've only got the one point, and that was 2nd of August, whenever it was, I mean, they find themselves third from bottom. Uh, Drew, lost, lost, lost. I mean, you know, it's a confidence game. Mm. At least I know Barnsley came off a loss, but at home we have that confidence that we've now how many days? Do you know if I had how many days the, the home record stands? Oh, it's getting on for nearly 600 now, isn't yeah. it? So that, I think that counts in our favour. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go for a 3-0 win. Call me Dutch, call me stupid. <laughs> but I honestly think that we'll only make these little mistakes for, for so long. And I think players need time to adjust. I still feel that a Cameron McGeehan, a Toby Civic, there are footballers in there. I actually, and I stand by the club 100% in you know the starting lineup and everything else. The only way people are going to get better is by getting game time. You know, you don't get better by playing for the under 23s or doing really well in training, isn't it? So um, the stats say we win 75% of our matches against Luton at Oakwell. It's not a Tuesday night, even better. So I'll go 3 0. Kyle, you need to tell me now what you think. Um, I think like you said I think there will be goals again I think it's, it's a high scoring fixture and I think if I'm right they only failed to score against Sheffield Wednesday or did they lose 1-0 they drew 3-3 yeah. three, three with uh, they lost 1-0 Goody scored the goal as well yeah, yeah so it I'm, came off it was a high ball wasn't it yeah. of over the top of runs, and I don't know if it was his shoulder or his ribs it's, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like he tried it just accidentally hit him and it rolled in yeah I think um, they failed to score in one I think there will be goals I think like we said it's both we both feel like we've got to win this game already this early in the season I think I'll go for a pre last season at Oakwell 3-2 3 2 Andy. I'll take that. Well, I did a little something on the res report for the uh, the pre-Fulham uh, res report, and uh, I was talking about how many goals had been historically between us. So I said 2-2, and it ended up being 1-0, so what do I know? But um, <laughs> this time around, I'm going to stick to my guns with the goals, and I'm going to say there'll be four goals, and I think we'll get three. Three one is still the favourite. I know the Andersley Reds when they have their, their bets that they have three one every single match. Whether we play <laughs> Liverpool in the cup or you know Champions League football in four years time, um, it's always the three one. Andy, thank you very much for coming. Um, I hope you come back if and when you're uh, available because I think it, it just adds another dimension. Because yeah. we can sit here all day long and ultimately it's about personal opinions, isn't it? When people say, "I thought he played really shocking," I say, oh, "I think actually he did all right." I think what you have with stuff that nobody can deny is. The facts, you know. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, and obviously, you're a fan. You're, you, you know, you're going in on Saturday. Just as, as interest, does that mean you go to a match and then afterwards you gather all these stats from different websites and, and you populate the, 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 the spreadsheet, the worksheet, the Excel? Or yeah, so I mean, it's been nine years in, in the making this spreadsheet. So uh, I've got a lot of uh, formulas in here that will do a lot of working out for me now um, because it's taken a lot of building. So really, all I have to put in uh, these days is, is sort of the lineup, uh, how long they played for, and who scored the goal and when and the, the spreadsheet will do everything else for me it's amazing isn't it 
I shouldn't have dropped Moffs in year three. That's <laughs> um, right, that's the end of it then. Uh, we hope to see you all again on Saturday at the Fan Zone. We'll be on stage around quarter to two again where we'll interview a non-playing player. Let's hope it's not Coley Woodrow. Um, and then we'll announce the lineup at two o'clock. You've been listening to the Reds Report on the Vibe, the um, part podcast we'll call it today because we've had some issues with the USB stick. It's sponsored by Webmart as always. And uh, don't forget, even if we go behind, give them a cheer because they are our team. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Ask how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Offer ends 10-23-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping. And Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Talk Sport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.